Oh, thank you, thank you. I can't tell you how I appreciate the faith you've placed in me. Oh, that's quite alright, Mr. Goldheimer. I dare say if your enthusiasm for pressing the button on the randomizer reflects on the final selection, we could have quite the episode today. Yes, sir, yes, sir, thank you. A thousand times thank you. Yes, 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 okay, fine. Just, just get on with it, will you? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Anything you say. We can play back from the uh, console. That's it, well done. How can I ever thank you? Oh, that's fine, don't worry. But I I, I must do something. No, no, that's quite all right, really. Say, can I feature you on the movie? M movie? What, a, a movie about me? Yes, sir. If you say so. Oh, uh, well, yes, if you insist. Right. Action. Oh, right, yes. Um, uh, yes. So, Mr. Goggleheim, uh, Goldheimer, uh, is it a good one today? Oh, yes, yes, the real beauty. Right. Let's see. Oh, isn't it just? Yes, it's time for Terror Hawks with my kid, um, well, with my kingdom for a Zeef. <clears throat> okay, cut, print. Was that okay? Yes, sir. Well, I feel I could do better. Great cinema. So, welcome back to Terror Hawks on the randomizer and, uh, how appropriate it is that this is the first randomizer I have recorded, or written by Shakespeare Stein, very good. Yes, how appropriate it is that this is the first randomizer episode I'm recording post the standby for action concert. And, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I shouldn't mention it on here, because uh, in, in you know, eight months' time or whenever anyone else hears this, it's... Uh, on the uh, randomizer podcast, I should say, it's going to be a bit out of date. But uh, so many people I spoke to after the concert were saying, by far the highlight of the thing was Terrorhawks. And I, when the the Terrorhawks suite started, I got this sort of ripple from around the audience of, oh, and by the end, it was like, yes, Terrorhawks, we love it, which was such a great feeling, and and quite right too. Anyway. Master of time? Whoever he is, he made me spill my delicious felspar soup. We have this new character. And will make amends. Lord Tempo, who has uh, just materialised by Youngstar's side, now rematerialised at Zelda's side. Do that. It's a cheap trick. Ooh. Eat this believer. He knocked over Youngstar's food, but now he's using his time powers to reverse the film, put it back on the table. It is no trick. Lord Tempo can dance back and forth through space and time. Oh, this is just a wonderful introduction to the character. He instantly... It's the design. He looks so cool. He looks so powerful, and he feels powerful as well. What he's done and the sound effects and everything. <laughs> and sometimes when Terrorhawks introduced new monsters, it was like, here's the fearsome one-off monster we're never going to see again, and it didn't quite work. Here we just have an instant hit, I think, with Lord Tempo. Left with him, youngster. <laughs> what? And this Nonsense, is... I'm still here. This shows how imaginative Tony Barwick is with this script. Because it's not so much a time travel script, although there is elements of time travel, it's a time playing. And uh, I think that's where Lord Tempo works best. Not uh, not time travelling, but time manipulation. Discussion has been the most interesting young star. What discussion? I just got here. 
Did you? And this is just a lovely is it now? partnership between these two. Is reality the present? I think I might be a little slow. And that's one of my favourite lines for the whole series. It's just, why is Young Star holding an alarm clock? Why did he have that with him? Take evasive action! But this is one of my favourite um, Young Star partnerships with, with Lord Tempo, because Lord Tempo seems to have such a clear plan, such a, 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 a clear understanding of what he wants to achieve, and Young Star's just dragging along asking questions. But Young Star... I can see it! ...is one of those characters where... ...whoever you team him up with, it's brilliant. There is no character on this show we will be that Youngstar doesn't play off superbly, and I think that's that's very rare in any Anderson show, really, where you've got a character who just works with whoever you put him up against. What's happened? Where is the detonation? The awful Space Hawk. It's, it's vanished. Yes, Space Hawk was going to fire on their Zeef. Space Hawk is no more. In time. So they've gone back in time. Hundred years, long before Space Hawk existed. Ah, there's a, another use for the uh, alarm clock that Youngstar brought along, and here we go. We are heading back in time, and this battlefield scene. I love it. It's it's. You know, you could look at it and say, oh, it's a bit cheap. I don't think it is cheap. I think they are excelling on a very limited budget. And they're kind of asking the audience to to use their imagination a bit. These these cardboard cutouts of soldiers fighting on the horizon. You know, we're not meant to believe those that this is actual soldiers. This is actually the best anybody could do. It's just, use your imagination. It also feels a bit, to me, um, and I'm going to name drop a show here that very few people, I'm sure, would remember. Uh, Tales of Aesop starring Tom Baker. That, those shots of the soldiers fighting have always reminded me of the little wooden characters from that show. They were just wooden uh, rod-animated puppets that just kind of bobbed around. That's what those figures have always reminded me of. Anyway, Lord Tempo, young star, have landed in, uh, in Earth's past, the site of a great battle. Love the lighting in this scene as well. And who should find them? Stand fast and declare thyself. It's only King Richard. I am Lord Tempo. And the loathsome, foul-faced fellow with thee? <laughs> Me? Um, I am... We're, we're only, what, well, six minutes in. It's already like this has become a completely different show. A great battle has been fought and lost, and I am forced to flee. Who are you? Richard, thy lawful liege. And this is a great puppet. The king, thou nincompoop. A king. It's, and it's rare that you can look at human guest characters in Terrorhawks and say, that's a good puppet, but this is a really great puppet. My kingdom for a horse! And Robbie's just doing a fantastic uh, performance here. Anything to escape this field of desolation. We should not take him with us. But he's so handsome, and I think he likes me. He called me a nincompoop. That's another of my favourite Youngstar lines. I think also for the fact that he, once he delivers that line, he nods as if to say, and I'm happy with that. Also a slight, uh, slight attraction um, for, on Youngstar's part towards Richard. I would face a... Unexpected, but, you know. Part this blasted heath. Lead on to thy zeef. And it's also, again, it's just, this story would function 
basically the same without Richard in it. There is no reason for King Richard to be in this story. I am so glad he's there. He adds so much to this. It would be uh, quite a dry, uh, dry story without him. Don't go so fast. We just have a random monarch from the past, along for the ride, who has no clue what's going on. Five years. It's so strange though. We've only just been introduced to Lord Tempo, and now we've got Richard here as well. But we've returned to the present. I've been through all the computer readouts again. There's no possibility of error. You mean there was a Zeef? Yes. So where did it go? There is one highly improbable explanation, but it's the only one we've managed to come up with. Try me. It entered a time warp. A time warp? It's just silly Does enough to work. That capability? Not as far as we know. I love that they leap to the conclusion of time warp. Keep working on it. Based on no evidence, it could have a cloaking device, for instance, but no. <clears throat> also, I notice on Tiger's desk here, um, it's an update, a, 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 a Sheriff Bull's telephone update. You may remember that I own uh, Sheriff Bull's telephone from the uh, Terrorhawks auction a few years ago, and it's there on Tiger's desk. I hadn't realised when I bought it that the, it had um, pulled you know, double and sometimes triple duty. Incredibly, it will turn up somewhere else in this episode. Anyway... Young Star, Lord Tempo, and King Richard have parked their Zeef in an abandoned building in front of a bridge. ...to find and destroy the Terrorhawk's base. And that's their goal. Perhaps Kate Kestrel could lead us to... This magnificent trio. Where do we find this Kate Kestrel? Oh, Lord Tempo just looks so cool. Where she manufactures... I really, really like this character. Wait. I am from the planet Glock. Planet Glock. I particularly love how much he, he looks like a skeleton. He looks old without sort of seeming like he's not really with it. He's old and desiccated, particularly the around his lips. Uh, what They're so cracked in a way that it, it just looks like he's very old and very dry. And um, speaking of things that are not old and dry, but are young and hip and trendy, Kate Kestrel has some backup singers for her latest song, which I find probably one of the worst written in terms of the lyrics, but it's just such a cool tune. Only appears in a few uh, few episodes. But yeah, I love the look of these backing singers, in particular what the woman who just looks like she's stepped out of Gem and the Holograms. A huge mountain of, of pink hair. Someone has suggested that's a, a re-wigged Mary, I'm not sure. And there's my telephone again. It's pulling double duty this episode. As the uh, the phone in uh, Andaba Records, and I've only recently noticed that it is regularly seen on the wall in Andaba Records. Would you believe, Matt? I mean, they left the phone on, man. And it's hanging on the wall, which uh, kind of explains why it's got screw holes on the bottom. It's got screw holes on the bottom, and it's got sticky pads on as well, which I think were help, meant to uh, help hold it to the desk, and the screw holes would hold it to the wall. Your high dapples. But it's great fun to see this this prop that I, th I bought on the assumption that it had only been in three episodes or four episodes. It's everywhere. I love it. And that was this week's episode of Phone Watch. Useless. <laughs> and I love this as well. Young Star's too conspicuous to go to the studio. Tempo's too conspicuous to go to the studio. 
Oh, hi, man. Um, you're in the wrong place, actually, man. Uh, but King Richard, in his crown, with his sword... Garble's tongue, is this? That's fine. It's not conspicuous at all. Lois, the late king. Oh, uh, yeah, they're rehearsing Shakespeare's Richard II, you know? Uh, you're one of the extras, aren't you, OK? <laughs> Talk not to me in riddles, scurvy knave. Oh, scurvy knave. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> Tell to me the move. And even when confronted with a man with a sword, firstly, I love that nobody does anything to stop him, and secondly, I love that Stu is just... Yeah, right, okay, Miss Castle, right, okay, well, she'll be here for a couple of hours, man, okay, and uh, then she'll drive home. Completely unfazed, doesn't care. You know, it's just another day of working at Andover Records. It says 2018 on the stone. Oh. That's when it was opened by the world president. Another world president? president. Wouldst not he have a horse? <laughs> told you it was a mistake to bring him with us. It's, it's just a love, another lovely element of comedy, and particularly with Lord Tempo, who isn't a funny character on his own, to pair him in his first appearance with not one but two buffoons. And yet somehow he still comes out so so credible. But here we go. It's Kate Kestrel. One of the more... Then all that remains is to alter time. Gut-wrenching moments of the, the series. 2010, before the bridge existed. Kate and Hudson are approaching the bridge. Bear in mind, they want to capture them, not kill them. Let's remove the bridge. Hudson! 1019. And it's... You know, by this point in the series, okay, it started out quite serious. We've reached a point now where we've got a nice balance of comedy and drama, and suddenly the drama hits so hard in this scene. Oh, firstly the shot of Kate putting her hands over her face. And then secondly that shot of Hudson just boom. Gone. And you go into the advert break with that, it's incredible. Tiger. Mary, what is it? And then we come back to this, which is just, um... Kate. Which is just, again, so heartbreaking. <gasps> What's happened, Mary? Kate. She's been killed. <laughs> it's one of those scenes where, you know, it's entirely the voice actors that are carrying it. The puppets are... Blood. I haven't quite got the um, the expression to do it. Blubby now. <laughs> but also we've got zero and five five there. Five five being uh, Kate's personal zero. Received a ten ninety from. And he's crying. Mayday. Yes. And that is just. They begin oh dear. To at one hundred and thirty-two feet per second. They were falling. The exact maths of Kate's death is maybe not the finest dialogue. Ended seconds later. <laughs> And just, you know, as I said, the puppets can't quite pull it off. But we just pull in on that shot of Five Five's immobile face, but with tears of of oil. Beyond belief. Poor Five Five. Traitor! Kate Kestrel is dead, and we needed her alive. Now it's too late. I love that even Young Star is is shocked by Kate's death. And I th I don't think it's because the plan's gone wrong. I think it's because in some small way he has genuine affection for her. Please. You know, he loves her music, obviously. So where is Kate? So the idea of now killing her would I go? Genuinely upsets him. I think that's a lovely touch. We're back to this song again. He's busy, I can't put you through. Ah, oh dear. 
I love that there's a later episode where they she sings this song again but the male backing singer isn't there but you can still hear him I'll settle for that one that's as good as it's gonna get I suppose for a song about a phone box uh, Miss Castle, um, would you uh, care to join me for a little drinky-poo? Some other time, Stu. Our manager's waiting outside. Oh, um, yeah, okay, fine. Well, uh, well, give my regards to old uh, F.W. I'll do that. Is that, an, uh, is that the earliest indication that Stu might have uh, Stu, feelings for, for Kate? Rudkin. Did you hear me, Hudson? I'm terribly sorry, madam. I can't seem to be able to get used to the nomenclature of F.W. Runkin. Maybe you should change the name. It's been done before. And I love that it, it, it there's not been an element of time-travelling Kate's resurrection. It's just... Started transmitting. Yeah, we're picking up from where we left off. Suddenly, history has changed and she's alive again. Doctor! There's only one explanation. Uh-huh. We're dealing with a Time Lord. Brilliant! Love it! Conclusive proof nowhere to be found just hmm some odd things have happened only answer time lord it would make as much sense if he'd said of course we're dealing with the borg it's the fact that it is a recognizable name from another sci-fi franchise and a fairly big one I mean, I, uh, Doctor Who. Well, this was this was in '83. Doctor Who had started in '63. I don't think they used the. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they used the the name Time Lord until the very end of the Patrick Troughton era. It's wrong, Hudson. But that's still a good 12, 13 years for the word time, the phrase Time Lord to have been totally and inseparably connected with Doctor Who. Hudson stopped. Do I just you know I have this impression that Tiger stayed up all night watching uh, watching late night uh, Doctor Who on UK Gold. And it's like ah yes, I've just sat through all six episodes of Colony in Space back to back. There's only one explanation. I'm very bored, and we're dealing with a Time Lord. And I don't think anyone else ever calls Lord Tempo a Time Lord, but Tiger does it repeatedly. I would have loved it if he'd said. Um, no, I am a, uh, a te Temporon from from the planet Tempora. Or, no, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be good to name him after food. Soon the whole structure will collapse. Again, so many, so many interesting little powers that he's using here. Aging the bridge, but not Kate and, and Hudson on it. Trying to uh, force her to reveal the location. He doesn't answer. The Terrorhawks base. You expect her to? And it's, it's weird for all I said earlier about Tiger and Mary, the puppets aren't quite able to pull off the uh, the emotional stuff. Youngstar did it brilliantly here, and I think there's, there's something to be said for the fact that Lord Tempo is so static. It's all in the face. He never moves his arms. Is he kidding? <laughs> Sir, we spotted some strange-looking devil in the doorway of that building. Where is he now? Went back inside, sir. Let's get out of here, Zero. I'm scared. Let's go home. Hold on, Hudson. He did say let's get out of here, didn't he? Yeah. They're going to fall. I don't think she will talk. Oh. All right, Time Lord. End it. Now. <laughs> Why should I? I just... Uh, Tiger comes across like such a Doctor Who fan. Everyone in it to pieces. Ooh. Including yourself? I don't believe it. Zero... Fire a warning shot. 
I know I've said it several times, not only in this podcast, but the look of Lord Tempo, the design of the costume, the facial animation. You can't touch me. His abilities. Play time like a flute. It's a wonderful character. There's so much storytelling potential that they only return to twice more on television after this. And turn, turn. You alone will be destroyed. A futile gesture. <laughs> I think I I wrote the only other appearance of Lord Tempo in, in the audio series. That was the very first script I, I wrote for the audio series was a Lord Tempo story. And I'm pretty sure when I was asked to write for the series, I went straight to him because I just wanted so much more. I wanted to hear more of him. Even I cannot alter history. Uh, that doesn't quite work because you've... Um, well, you have altered history. You resurrected Kate after she died. I mean, it's it's nebulous enough a statement that uh, it, it sort of holds water if you don't really think about it. But they've just vanished. I should point out, actually, that we have now covered, with this episode, we have now covered all three of uh, Lord Tempo's appearances in Terrorhawks, uh, the television series, at least. Yeah. We're flying straight for it. Retreat. So we, that's, here's a character that I love and we're never going to see again on the randomizer. Oh, well. I'll see him again on rewatches. Oh, sir. Ten, ten, zero. Uh, sir, did all that business at the bridge really happen? Did you really call him a Time Lord, sir? Einstein, that. <laughs> if it yes, of course, we see as uh, Zeef leaves Earth, it's only uh, Youngstar and, and Tempo are on board. Zero. Where's Richard gone? A nice pan up to the sky, and then we fade to the red of the battlefield. He's back where he was. Poor old Richard, on his own, defeated, and on the hunt for... <laughs> a cardboard horse. Aha! Azif! Azif! My kingdom for Azif! My king... Oh, dear. It's just, and uh, just more Tony Barwick wonderful weirdness. None of the the Richard stuff had to be there at all. So glad it was, but and also I'm so glad that it didn't detract from uh, a very strong introduction to one of my favourite recurring villains on the show. And even with that on the go as well, we also have that um, that fairly dramatic moment in the middle. I probably say that's the uh, most dramatic. Uh, sort of advert, advert break cliffhanger that this show ever did of, of Kate's death and the okay it only takes up a couple of minutes but for those couple of minutes the emotion from Tiger and Mary and the Zeroids and Youngstar it's all so genuine and it's very affecting so another weird and wonderful script from Tony Barwick fantastic new regular uh, well recurring villain in Lord Tempo some gripping emotion some lovely action adventure stuff and of course, poor old King Richard on his uh, cardboard cutout battlefield looking for a Zeef. 